Should have Jess Harris with me uh, on the telephone line. But in the meantime, we're going to catch up with one of the all-time greats. And I'm talking about Johnny Tillotson. any better than that and it's an absolute pleasure to say hello to johnny tillotson in america johnny how are you today vince doing great and it's wonderful to be on your program and thank you for inviting me are you still based uh, is it florida no we're based out of los angeles i was born in florida and our website is www.com Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, Tillotson, T-I-L-L-O-T-S-O-N dot com. And you can visit that and learn everything about me. But I'd be delighted to answer any questions. Go, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, we started, that's where I got my start, was down in Florida and uh, had my own television show and radio show and started to write songs and the the... People in my hometown were very, very supportive of everything I did. So uh, it was a wonderful feeling to get that kind of backing from your your friends and the disc jockeys in in your hometown. Uh, and this was really at uh, quite a, an early stage, really, when um, maybe it wasn't quite so uh, normal for uh, people at a young age to get the, the break, so, so to speak. So how did you decide that you wanted to go to radio and TV so quickly? It's kind of like uh, people who go into sports. Uh, it's something that you just have a feeling about and you want to do it. And you have certain artists that impress you and inspire you. And then you, uh, if there's a television show uh, in your area, you go and audition for it. And if there's a radio show, you audition for it. And so if, you, if it's something you really have a burning desire to do, uh, it's so natural just to, to kind of go after it. Now, I, I obviously uh, read about the Toby Dowdy show, and uh, this must have been a, quite a big local show at the time. Can you tell me a little bit about it? It was a, it was a big local show at the time, and it was a variety show, uh, and that's the first person I went to to audition, and I became a regular member of that television show, of the cast of that television show, and they did basically country music and rock and roll and rockabilly and stuff like that. And uh, it gave me wonderful exposure in Florida and also a lot of experience working live in front of a camera without cue cards but just ad-libbing. In fact, we have a CD called The Early Years and it's one of our own shows from that period of time. 
And uh, obviously, we all need uh, people to to help us along the road uh, during our career. And um, you you had a, a local DJ who sent one of your tapes to the National Pet Milk Talent Contest. So, uh, did you know the DJ, or was it somebody that just did it for you? I knew the DJ, but I didn't know about the the talent contest. Uh, and I was one of the six. Uh, national winners and went was invited to Nashville to perform and the winner would get a record contract and uh, a young lady named Margie Bowes was the winner and I I had a chance to uh, perform and a publisher by the name of Lee Rosenberg saw me and saw the effect of me on the crowd and she said do you write and I said yes I do she said do you have any uh, a tape, and I said, "Yes, I do." And she said, "Who would you like to be with? What record company?" And I said, "Well, the one I'd really like to be with is Cadence Records, and the producer and owner of the company was Archie Blyer, who was in town at the time recording the Everly Brothers." And she said, "Well, I'll get this tape over to Archie," and she did. And uh, about four days later, Archie called me back, and he said. Uh, I'd like to sign you up to record for us. And, and when I graduated from the University of Florida, uh, he had sent me a ticket, and he met me at the airport, and he and I set about finding hit songs, kind of like the one you just played, Send Me the Pillow You Dream On. Now, uh, whose decision was it that you stayed on and uh, did your studying? Oh, I promised my parents I would, I would stay on and do my studying. Plus, I majored in journalism and communications so it was a field that i had a lot of interest in interviewing people and and uh at a very young age i got a nice interview with elvis presley and uh it was terrific it was a lot of fun and the things i learned in college i could go right out and use um, in a practical sense so it was great it was, it was uh, terrific and, of course, this is a problem, isn't it, for a lot of young people. If you can't see why you need to study, then it, it becomes a little bit more insignificant, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. If there's a reason for studying and then you can use it on your television show in a couple of days later or use it in an interview, uh, it, it, it shows a very practical side of, of your education. Now, we don't really, uh, we certainly don't know enough about the depth to your songwriting. And it's only when I went to uh, research and see how much you've actually written um, that I realised, I mean, we've, we've got obviously the two big hits that we know in Britain, but you've got a, a, a quite a huge collection of songs you've written. The two hits that you have, is that uh, that I wrote, is that Without You? No, uh, Poetry in Motion. Well, uh, Without You... And it keeps right on a hurtin' our songs that I wrote. Uh, uh, Poetry in Motion was written by Mike Anthony and Paul Kaufman. And so I wrote a lot, uh, I did write a lot of songs, you're right. It keeps right on a hurtin' uh, was also recorded by over 112 artists, including uh, Elvis and Dean Martin and Conway Twitty and myself, of course. And, and so uh, that, was a, that was a very good song for me as far as other artists liking the song. Well, I suppose in a roundabout way, we've come to the question I wanted to ask you, which is 
based around uh, with you being so uh, well becoming so prolific in your songwriting uh, wh why did you decide to sing a, a song that somebody else had written like uh, like which one well with poetry in motion oh well poetry in, well because Archie and I our whole idea was to find the best song at the time and Poetry in Motion, which was, as you know, number one in, in, in England, uh, Poetry in Motion was a song when I heard it that I thought, well, this could be an international song because it's all about the magic that ladies are all about, uh, the way they smile and move and walk. And I said, if that, if that could be a hit in America, if that could be a hit in England, it could be a hit all over the world, and it, it has been. And would I be right in saying that um, in a lot of the songs that you've written, uh, or even adding in this particular song, um, you did seem to have a nice softer side that you wanted to bring out in the music? Well, that's just my natural side, yeah. Uh, the thing you want to do on records is just be, be yourself and... Uh, you want to sound like yourself. That's very important to have a unique sound. Yes. Well, uh, unfortunately, you see, for, for us, we, we just see the, or hear, hear the two big hits. And, of course, we didn't really get an awful lot of information about who you really are. And even going to one of the websites today, uh, I see they've actually written in uh, years active, 1957 to 1977. Well, uh, is that accurate or, or is no, it... No, no, no. We're, we're working, we're, we're getting ready to... Uh, go back to Australia. We work all the time, as a matter of fact. So, so sometimes it's a good idea to go to the artist's actual website and uh, go online, and because that'll give full bios and where they're appearing and all of that. Yeah. Um, I hadn't realized you'd written Heartaches by the Number either. Well, I didn't. Um, Harlan Howard wrote that. The great Harlan Howard. Okay, so th so this was ju just you singing it and getting the award for singing. That is right. Okay, right. I got two songwriting awards uh, from BMI for "It Keeps Around on a Hurting" and "Without You," and then uh, Grammy nominations for "Heartaches by the Number." Okay. You see, uh, as you quite rightly say, you, you know, you do have to cross-reference against all the, the websites, and in particular, um, you, you know, further down the same site that says years active and gives those 20 years, it uh, says in a well, career... It'll, it'll be more like 50 years. Well, exactly. In further down, it says in a career spanning more than 40 years. Yeah. Um, but it, it actually tells us that you had recorded 26 singles that made it into the Billboard charts. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that didn't really come across quite to us in the United Kingdom, although I'm speaking to you from Spain, all my, ro my roots, and, of course, the formative years were spent in the United Kingdom, you know. Yes. Um, now, I believe you... I, I, I was talking to a friend who I uh, was telling him that, you know, we'd be talking later today, and he said that he saw you in Manchester. We, we worked Manchester quite a lot. Uh, back... Uh Oh, well, actually, Bobby V and myself worked at, uh, on, on his last tour there. We worked all over uh, England, and uh, I, I, England has always been very supportive for me. Uh, 
So we've worked all over England, Ireland, Scotland. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the world to work. And did, did you, uh, you mentioned Bobby V, uh, did you have many others who would be uh, the peer group that you work with? Well, yeah, we, we all of us uh, came up about the same time, so we've remained friends all through the years. Uh, uh, the late Gene Pitney was a very close friend, Del Shannon, uh, all the guys. And if you were to say that, that there was an artist that uh, could really have influenced you probably more than anybody else, where would you say your own influences came from? Well, as far as songwriting, I would say Hank Williams. And as far as uh, performing, I would say uh, Elvis Presley. Right. Um, he was such a good, great performer. And, you know, when you read about um, an artist, not just yourself, but obviously uh, artists who are described as a crossover artist, mm -hmm. is this a good thing or is it something that you you don't see as particularly good? Well, it, it, it can be a good thing. Uh, a crossover artist, it means that, that the material you're doing is accepted by more than just your base audience. So... In my case, uh, it would be the country songs went pop, and uh, so we have quite a country music following uh, as well. And the songs went pop, so they have a broad um, appeal to people. Does that make sense? Yes. No, that's fine. And um, not only have you had the music side, but you've also been in um, a number of films, haven't you? Oh, we're not going to talk about the films. <laughs> <laughs> the films... Uh, I'm a real film buff, so I, I wouldn't say those were great films. Uh, I did one called The Fat Spy just simply because uh, Jane Mansfield would be in the movie, and I wanted to, to meet her, but I got down there to shoot, and Jane had already shot all of her scenes. So I was very disappointed. But uh, Phyllis Diller was there, and uh, she was a lot of fun, and... And we became real good friends. Yes. And what, what about, um, you know, you got to this stage of life, you've had a glittering career, you've had numbers of people that must have said exactly what I'm saying now, how much they've enjoyed your music. When you think back and, you know, wonder, was, would there be anything that you would have changed in your life, what might you have changed and how might you have changed it? I probably wouldn't have passed up a couple of hits. Uh, there you you look back and you say, well, I had a chance to do that song, and you just, everybody does that. They miss a song or two. Uh, but that's the only thing, I think, because I've been very lucky to get a chance to record and perform all over the world and, and do it all the time. And uh, so I, I don't have any regrets as far as that. I love spending time with, the, with the, the fans, and it's my way of saying thank you for buying the records all through the years. That, that's nice to hear, because, uh, f funny enough, um, the same comment was made by uh, Brenda Lee when we chatted, and it's... I also toured England with Brenda Lee. Uh, she's a terrific lady. 
Yes. In fact, the, the, the more that I've made these uh, calls and interviewed with, uh, with people like yourself, the more um, it, it's just nice to realise that it's somebody who's just done something that's been um, a nice way to live your life, but also to bring uh, joy and to happiness. To joy to people. Exactly. And, and it certainly has. And I, I must admit, um, I've particularly liked... Uh, from the singing side, Poetry in Motion. I, I really enjoyed that song. And I love the one that I uh, started up with tonight, um, which is, of course, Send Me the Pillow You Dream On. And um, if you have a favourite song in terms of what you yourself sing, what would that be? Well, you, you, you hit uh, two that I really love. I also love uh, Without You. We get a lot of requests for that. Uh, also love uh, we do a little country segment which is uh, heartaches by the number and send me the pillow and it keeps right on hurting and talk by trembling lips and of course uh, I did a song called you can never stop me loving you and uh, poetry in motion of course is a, is, a, is a big song we try to do the songs exactly like the record uh, that we find that takes that touches people and they it brings back all those wonderful memories that that remind them of, of, of very very special times yes and and how is your, your voice at the moment is it still bearing up under all the, the the workload oh sure sure absolutely uh, the main thing to do with your voice is is uh, just keep it is use it and uh, drink lots of liquids and I normally don't go after out after shows, and uh, I I try to take really good care of it. Yes, and I must thank Nancy for being so helpful and getting us together so we could actually do yes. this interview. Nancy is my wife of 25 years, and she's a terrific, uh, talented lady, and uh, she's just uh, the best in the world. Well, that's absolutely lovely to hear. Do you feel that um, you've been able to keep to what you started out wishing to do all the years that you've been performing? Yeah, I, I never, I never once uh, think about retiring. I always think in terms of, well, we're just going to keep going, and and uh, that's a good attitude to have. But the main thing is to always keep your fans in mind and make every show like it's your first show. And uh, and make the songs really fresh, so people can really relate, and so you can sound exactly like the record. Yes. So that's that's what we really try to do. And of all the of all the people that you've worked with, of all the people who's had great uh, and continued success in many cases, is there any one song that you really seriously deep down wish would had been your song? Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not avoiding that question. It's just uh, it is so difficult. Um, I can't really come up with one on that. So there must be probably more than one. I would. Think. Oh goodness, yes, yes. Secretly, who would you say is the best artist that you would like to have been maybe either like or admired in, in the way they put their work together? I, I would say Elvis Presley. 
I am an Elvis fan, so I, I can relate to that. He was a very special fellow. Uh, he recorded It Keeps Right on a Hurtin', an album from Elvis in Memphis, which he recorded in Memphis, and that was the first time he'd gone back to Memphis uh, since the early Sun record days. And so to be included in an album with uh, In the Ghetto and uh, Suspicious Minds, that was quite an honor. And he was always uh, extremely nice to me when we would meet in, in Las Vegas. Las Vegas was where I ran into him the most, and he was always such a gentleman and uh, just a wonderful guy. And, and if you were to choose an, an artist who is one of the British artists, who might be the one that's impressed you most from this side of the water? Well, luckily, I was over, Dell and I and Roy Orbison were over uh, in England when the Stones and the Beatles and Dusty Springfield uh, just began. And so we did shows with all of these wonderful performers. And... Of course, we love the Beatles and the Stones, but I especially uh, love Dusty Springfield. And on the bus tours, uh, she was my riding companion in the first seat of the bus. <laughs> and we used to have just wonderful, wonderful times. So she's one of my favorite artists of all time. That's absolutely lovely to hear because, funny enough, they've just had a big series over here where, you know, they've been looking for a, a look-alike and, mm -hmm. sa and sound-alike, and it was Dusty Springfield that actually uh, was the sound-alike that they decided was the best in this particular competition. Well, she had a unique sound. I started uh, touring with the Springfields, and then uh, she had told me that she had a desire to uh, be a single artist, and it was just the dream came true. Well, that's absolutely fantastic. That's kind of how I look at my career. The dream came true. Mm. And is there anything left that you feel you'd still like to do maybe before it's too late? Well, if I could find a great song, that, that would be terrific. A song that, that people would really relate to. Otherwise, I just love uh, writing and I love performing and traveling. And... Uh, so just keeping on doing what I do, it makes me very happy, and I can kind of pass that along to the audience. And, and how about um, Spain? Have you been to Spain? Almost started. The, almost started saying, "Well, I've never been to Spain." <laughs> uh, I've never been. To, we we did some songs in, in Spanish, and if uh, people will go to the website www.johnnytillotson.com, you can hear some of the songs. I think we have some in. Uh, Japanese, Japanese and, and uh, Spanish and Italian and uh, you can hear them there absolutely but I would lovely. love to come to Spain so if we hear about anything that can entice you across here then uh, it's, a, it's a, a straight call to you and we'll see uh, see what we can fix up that would be wonderful that would be nice. And we have a lovely, lovely theatre not too far from where I am in, in Benidorm. Uh, it's called Benidorm Palace, and I could see Johnny Tillotson on Benidorm Palace. I, I think that would be lovely. Oh, that would be great. Johnny, uh, I, I look forward to it. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you, Vince. And uh, we, we'll leave with the big song, of course, the one that I when must admit, you got it. for me, is absolutely fabulous. Johnny Tillotson, thank you very much indeed for being with me. Thank you, Vince. Can you hold on a minute? I will. Poetry. Poetry in motion. 
of the great Johnny Tillotson giving me his time uh, last week. And, of course, it's just been a, an absolute pleasure talking to these great artists and finding out how life's treated them. Incidentally, uh, you probably gathered by some of the things I was uh, asking that uh, there is conflict on the, the different websites you go to. And, uh, as Johnny said, the, 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 the real thing, of course, is to go to the artist's website, uh, their own website. But, of course, there are those artists that don't have their own websites and by the time you've been to about four or five different sites with different bits of information, it can become quite confusing. So let's hope we cleared up a, a little bit here and there. On Friday, should everything go according to plan, uh, then we will have uh, maybe the voice of Jet Harris joining me on the line. He's got a remix out at the moment, and it's from his latest CD called The Journey, and this is the remix of Diamonds.
Now, a bit earlier, we were talking about these processional caterpillars, and I had a call in from uh, one of our listeners who told me that apparently uh, he thinks there's a department or a subunit that's attached to the Guardia Seville. Uh, it's worth following up anyway. We'll try, we'll try and find out if that is totally right, uh, but it would appear that it's right, um, because obviously they do become quite a pest. And we've also got a company, hopefully I'll have the details of that, a company specialising in getting rid of them. And while we're talking about um, things that can cause a problem, there's a Berkshire couple here returning home to find their house has been set on fire by their pet. Their pet, by the way, was a 70-year-old, 70, 70 should know better, 70-year-old tortoise. Fred, a female tortoise, apparently, inside um, for hibernation. Emma, 30, and partner Paul Butler, 45, left Fred in a tank under a heat lamp to keep her warm enough to stay alive. But Fred piled her straw under the lamp and it caught a light, spreading flames through the house. Emma also has a dog and two baby tortoises and she said we were out shopping when we got a call from the fire brigade saying that our tortoise had set the house on fire. Luckily, our neighbour...